Boys in the Huddle Podcast. It's Ricky Trey and Doe. What's going on, fellas? You be back. It's good to be back. Yes, sir. We got Furious Styles back in this bitch. Yes, sir. What's going Coach on? Coach Harrigan in here. What's going on, brother? What's good? I don't know. We about to get right into this thing. Dante, you got a special shout out you wanted to make, right? I'm supposed to be shouting out. What are you alluding to? Yeah, I thought you wanted to shout out Carson Wentz for beating the Giants and the comeback win against the Redskins. <laughs> you you didn't want to shout him out? I mean, I should let you do the honor <laughs> since you are an Eagles fan. You should share uh, with me. I am an Eagles that. fan, but I'm, I'm not too excited. I'm not as excited as you, so I thought I'd give you the honors to go ahead and shout out your boy. Hey, man, Slot. Fly, fly, Eagles fly. You know what I mean? I think... Uh, on the road to what? We, on the road to what? A, a loss next week if we're being honest. But it's all good. <laughs> oh, man. Don't worry, Jason. We'll find we'll find some time to talk about the New York football Giants if that's what they still go by. Yeah, we're going to get into that. I got a nice standing ovation today. Oh, did he? He probably deserves it. And you know what? I'm going to put this in perspective. I always thought it was Eli a Hall of Famer. It's something that everybody loves to talk about. And you know who put it in perspective? The fucking juice. The juice put it in perspective. And the juice... The ju- <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and the juice, the juice is innocent, by the way. I'm, I'm convinced now. He didn't do it. But he said... <laughs> He said if Frank Gore is a Hall of Famer, then how come Eli isn't? Like, Frank Gore showed up and was consistent. He put in the work, but he had no moments. It's two different type of Hall of Famers. Some guys get in because of moments. Lynn Swan, if you look at his numbers, there's no big numbers there, but he had the moments. The juice is right on the motherfucking money. That sounds about right. Eli's in. I mean, the juice put it in perspective. <laughs> we need to have a segment on this show about juice, just juice moment of the week. You making so many points on this show, but that does put it in though. That puts it in perspective. You're right. We judge them differently. You know what I mean? Hall of Famers are judged differently. Some different different categories, and, and Eli definitely has the moment. He got the moment. You can't take that from. Him. Nah, I mean you can't you can't argue with with him taking down Brady. Two times for a Super Bowl. I mean, somewhere Donovan McNabb's fucking throwing his helmet against the wall, hearing his talk like that. But, um, but you know, it is it is what it is. You can't argue with that. I guess the Giants just have better security in the stadiums, and don't allow people to videotape them like the rest of these other teams. That's why Belichick could never <laughs> figure them out. <laughs> I think that's the key. <laughs> You might be honest. Something. New York is tough to get through stuff. The security's gonna be tight. I think that might have something to do with it. But let's let's go ahead and get into since we're on the NFL. Our last episode was about Mr. Colin Kaepernick and the whole workout fiasco um, that didn't take place. And I thought it was interesting this week that Roger Goodell decided to come out and say, "We're moving on from Kaepernick." And I was just curious what you guys thought that particular quote means. How are you moving on from a player? Did you ever come out and say we're moving on from T.O.? 
Like, T.O. <laughs> been trying to get back in the league for 10 years now. You didn't have to say you're moving on from T.O. What does that mean? Is that evidence that there was just never really anything behind this shit? What do y'all think about that? Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I'll take this one first. I mean, it's definitely proof that the NFL is definitely tired of addressing Kaepernick. They see him more as an issue than as a potential free agent that could come back in the league. I definitely agree with that. Um, I, definitely a poor choice of words. You know, it's hard to say you're moving on from. Or do you a think he meant when, nothing by it? I mean, you could very well think that, you know, poor choice of words, no, and he just didn't mean anything by it. I, I don't know. No, I think I think he meant. I think he meant. This is the last time I really want to discuss Kaepernick publicly, and he's leaning on the position of. You know, we gave him an opportunity to try out and he didn't show up and he's ignoring, you know, some of the other factors that, you know, Kaepernick's side, you know, raised with the, the waiver form and all of that. I think that's his way of saying, you know, we're closing the chapter on that and we're moving on. Kaepernick's done. Um, so I think it was definitely a message behind his words. I just don't know. I don't know if he could have put it, put it another way. Um, but the flip side of that is, Mm-hmm. I was just going to say the flip side of that is if you're him in his position, given all the history with Kaepernick and what, how it all went down, you know, with that trial recently, I don't know what else he can say. I would just say, well, you know, that's nothing that I'm not going to address publicly. I mean, I'd rather him say that than we're moving on from him. I mean, it doesn't make... In my, in my, in my opinion, I... I was just thinking, like, if you say we're moving on, that means that you were once invested, right? So is he saying that they put together an invested effort to get him back in the league or give him a fair shot or whatever? If he's saying that, I mean, I would like to hear that conversation about what your investment was before now that you're moving on. You can move on, just of course, but it kind of sounds like he already invested enough time and now he's moving on. That's kind of how it sounds to me. So, but that workout that, shouldn't have been it. It shouldn't have been about that because that's the only thing you could say they invested, and that was some bullshit. So that's, that's why, like moving on, you've been moved on. Like y'all been moved on from him. Right. You know, what I mean that 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 and that was just like a, I don't know. I think that that workout thing was not really a fair shot investment. Like they try to act like they addressed it, uh, but. I don't really think that they really, really invested in that. I mean, at the time, it was bad and all that. I mean, we're not going to get back into that with the Kaepernick and whether it's not his decision or whatever. But um, him moving on, I just think like they, they're, they're tired of it. It's a, a media thing, and they just don't want to be asked no more questions. So they basically telling everybody, don't ask me about it no more. Yeah, it probably was a poor choice of words uh, more than anything. And he also said, you know, we put the workout together for – Kaepernick and he opted out of participating and I understand that so that was all the other confusing part what do you mean you understand that so then why are you moving on why don't you give him another fair shake without the bullshit language in the contract you know it, it is what it is um just thought that that was interesting and then I saw that David Stern was in the hospital and David Stern for those who don't know is the former 
commissioner of the NBA. Then that got me to thinking about the previous Colin Kaepernick, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, who a lot of people may have forgotten about, who took a similar stance to Colin Kaepernick back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And it's like, well, how is, to me, I think about how is David Stern going to be remembered? They're going to say that David Stern globalized the NBA, right? He took it international and he grew the league. Now he had a great product in order to do that, which was Michael Jordan. I don't know how many guys would have fucked that up. Some people may have, but, you know, he, he had a great product in order to grow the league the way that he did. But it was also that Mahmoud incident where Mahmoud wasn't standing for the national anthem. He was doing it for months. And then somebody kind of spotted it and wrote about it. So he came out and said he was doing it because he felt the flag was a symbol of oppression. No different than what Colin Kaepernick was doing, but he was trying to shed light to police brutality and the treatment of black and brown people in various neighborhoods, but very similar. So I just started to think of David Stern. When y'all think about that Mahmoud incident, did David Stern drop the ball himself? You know, Roger Goodell gets a lot of flack and he's probably going to be remembered for this in history. But why don't we give that same that same anger or that same focus towards David Stern during that time? Was it because of the media wasn't as big? Or do people think Mahmoud wasn't that good of an athlete? Mahmoud was probably a top 10 point guard at the time. You could maybe argue top five. Mahmoud got busy. But why don't y'all think that David Stern gets enough attention from that Mahmoud situation. Yeah, I think um I think part of it is is it was just a different a different time. I think when that when Mahmoud went through that, this was ninety six. So ninety six during that time the media attention was about the Olympics. It was about Atlanta. You know, that was really if I'm looking at the timeline, that was really the, the focus of the discussion, right? And I think with Mahmoud, which was a little slightly different, was um, I think he had more assistance with the Players Association. So, like, they handled it behind closed doors, reaching agreement. I think Mahmoud may have gotten suspended only, like, one game. So it was something that... Yeah, he did. It, it was something that, you know, the Players Association, people representing Mahmoud and the NBA, they kind of quickly swept that under the rug. I think the real question is, is is how does Mahmoud now kind of feel about that decision? Because I think, to your point, too, you know, Mahmoud was 29, um, you know, when his contract expired, and he never got another shot in the NBA, in the NBA despite them, you know, reaching a compromise for how he could, you know, silently protest or whatever. Um, but was that so, really a, a compromise? I mean, it was a compromise during the time, yeah, because he was under contract. Right, right. Maybe that's where, that's where I was going. I think maybe that's where I'd be an interesting question for him to for him to opine on. You know, in hindsight, you know, <clears throat> you know, was he led astray? Right? Was he hoodwinked? Right? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it was definitely a different time. You know, with Kaepernick, I mean, you got the president leaning in to an issue, you know, involving his protest, and I think that's that puts the spotlight on it. 
much, much different. We had the president at that time. I don't know, 96 was probably Clinton or something like that, so it probably wouldn't have been him to say nothing about that. But had it been the president to speak on it, it might have been a completely different situation for Stern, um, you know, at that time. That's that's what I think, though. Yeah, I'll piggyback off of that. I think the times and then you add in the, the, the president calling out the owners directly, you know, saying... I wish one of these owners would just get out there and say, get off the field. Like, he called them out directly, and it became a, a different type of issue. I think like sports owners are typically just businessmen. So typically, they just care about the bottom line. And if a player is producing, they don't really get into that a whole lot. You know, if they can stay out of it and just stay neutral, I think they'll do that. But when the president calls you out and now the owners, you know, they um, have become part of like the social climate then they make they start making decisions so i don't think that happened i'm not sure but i don't i don't recall those type of things happening with uh previous situations so no I but I, I think the trump thing gets too much attention i don't believe that i don't believe that that really swayed these owners one way or another i think they were already setting their position no matter what trump said because they're the same type of guy. <laughs> I mean, they already had the same views as him, so they didn't need him to come out and say anything. So I think people may put a little bit too much weight into the Trump comments. I don't know, too. So I think, I think at that time when Trump was making those comments, that was during election time, campaign. You know, he was using that everywhere he would go to campaign. It just made it front page news discussion, TV discussions every day. I think it it forces the owners to really address it. I mean, before Cap was taking a knee, he was already, you know, before he started, he was sitting, he was sitting down. You know, it's kind of migrated to him eventually taking a knee the prior season. So, you know, it's something that I think they noticed, but once once it became, you know, dinner, what do you call it, dinner table talk, um, in part because of the president putting a spotlight on, I think that's really what forced it to become this national story. Uh, we can ag- agree to disagree there because Trump also did come come back maybe six months ago or so, maybe around the beginning of the, of the season, and said he thought Kaepernick deserved a shot. He said if he can play, then yeah, he should be in the league. So nothing changed from those statements outside of a workout so you never know but I think what we really need is Kim Kardashian to get involved because when she steps in the room shit changes <laughs> that's what the fuck needs to actually happen am I lying she saved my man in Texas he was ready to die that day she came in and stopped the whole shit modern day Harriet Tubman <laughs> I'm not right <laughs> You got you to gotta relax. But, but, but back to Mahmoud. Well, his last year in Denver, he averaged 19 and 7 mm-hmm. as a point guard. Yeah. And they chose not to bring back 19 and 7. Nobody else picked him up. No, from there, he did go to Sacramento for a couple years. And then he was in Vancouver at the tail end when he was about 30 years old. And then that's when nobody else would bring him back. So, I mean, I will say there was a maybe a two and a half, three year distance from 
the media hoopla. So, you know, I, I don't know, because we were a lot younger at that time, what all went into the breakdown of his career. But I do remember seeing him say he had a workout set up by his agent once he was looking for a job, invited all the teams, and nobody showed up. So how is a guy that more than capable to help a team, point guard his position that's hard to find, somebody to be able to run an offense and score, that he set up a workout at 29 years old and nobody would show up? Because that, that whole thing was still lingering from what it looked like. And I was just thinking that David Stern seemingly didn't take any kind of hit for that. And I don't know if it's because yeah. the focus was on Michael and it was just the NBA was so big at that time. I don't know. I mean, I think there's definitely an opportunity for them to do some work around, you know, social justice and social justice and um, also like um, independent thought and stuff like that. They probably could have did a better job around that. But at the end of the day, you know, it was a business and they were doing business things. So their thing is the bottom line. And I don't, I, I think that, I don't think the owners ever, like you said, the owners now and back then they all thought the same way. Yeah, they might have, but I think that if they can elect to stay out of the issue, they'd rather just stay out of it completely. I don't think that they want to get involved with whether or not we're hiring somebody based off of this. They'd rather just be completely exempt from it. But I, I, think, think that, I think it still goes back to control. In these leagues, whether it's the NFL or the NBA, they want to be able to control the workforce, right? Way more than what we see in Major League Baseball or that we see in hockey. And that's really what I'm trying to get at. With the NBA, they don't have a problem with anybody standing for the anthem because they've put it in the rule book. They've made it a rule that you have to stand. So if LeBron James wants to try to do that, he kind of can't. Or they're going to find is as every fucking game NFL is, you don't have to do it. It's just going to cause what we've seen happen. But the NBA is really no different. I just want to understand why they've been let off the hook so much when they want to control their employees just as much as the NFL. Now we look at yeah. we look at baseball. What did they just do this week? No longer not just testing for marijuana, it's no longer on the list. Right? Baseball is predominantly white sport. I would have to hope the NFL and, and, baseball, and basketball would follow suit, but we don't know. Why is baseball the first to take that leap? And then you look at a lot of different things that are different between all of these different sports. Baseball, no salary cap. You get to pay these players as much as they want to. Imagine if the NBA didn't have a salary cap. LeBron James probably could demand $500 million. Kevin Durant, $400 million. I will say the salary cap has helped all the mediocre niggas in the league. <laughs> like, it's made it to where they guaranteed to get a nice little salary just because there's money left over. But they don't want to empower some of these black athletes with making them a half a billionaire. No restrictions from high school. Baseball, come on right in. 
You don't even have to graduate from what I know. If you want to just go ahead and leave early, you can come on in. Start working. Fighting is okay on the regular. Is it not? We see brawls every year. Multiple brawls in baseball. Multiple fights daily in hockey. In the NBA, you give a guy a stiff elbow, you're going to get suspended for three games. Am I am I tripping or is this is this really? No, a I thing? think it, I think it'd be I think it's it's interesting to think about why baseball you know they don't have the salary cap and how the NBA with their star power hasn't been able to negotiate. I mean they've been able to negotiate like you said some pretty good contracts and there's a lot of people from the middle of the pack that are starting to move up financially too. But um, they're the, the ones NBA, that have benefited. It hasn't been the superstars. No, for sure. If if the NBA didn't have a salary cap, that'd be. Uh, I mean, but you know, the uh, uh, MLB they also have like, you know, baseball has a farm system. They got professional minor leagues where they're getting paid. So but you're still got, a professional, though. For sure. For if sure. you're a highly touted uh, recruit, you're still gonna make millions of dollars in Double mm-hmm. A, Triple A, Single A, whatever they put you in. Still gonna be a millionaire if you're a top flight athlete. Yeah, they're bringing a lot of money. So I'm just saying, I, I think that the NBA has kind of been let off the hook. And if you compare the predominantly white organizations and the treatment of their players, it's totally different. Completely different. They want to be able to tame the black athlete. And I mean, you, me and you, Jason, have been talking about this, and it's just like, I just don't know how I can continue to support this shit. Like, before I used to talk about people boycotting and what is a boycott? There's no structure and there's no real movement, but this is don't sit right with my soul to keep supporting and watching this shit. Like, it's just, tr- just so troubling. If I had won my fantasy league, I would have stopped the NFL by now. I haven't won it yet. The elusive title. <laughs> you, might, you might be playing. You might be playing fantasy the rest of your life, brother. I don't know. I don't know if I can keep playing, man. If I ain't watching, then I can't play no damn fantasy. And it ain't the same yeah. no more. And we were talking about that. I do it all the time. I don't watch it and still play fantasy. Fantasy is, you know, you get. You know, How do you, you know what's going it. on if you're not watching? I don't understand it. Just trying to use the algorithm, man. Algorithm. Yeah, the numbers that 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 are being spit out to you on the fantasy apps. You know, you use oh, those. Oh, please! You're a degenerate and, gambler. Is what it sounds like. You can't stay away. That's some bullshit. I'm actually done. This is my last year of fantasy. Yeah, football. right. <laughs> Dante said he's done. I've said that before. Yeah. He ain't done. I'm done. Man. I'm giving myself two more years, two more years, and then I'm, I'm, I'm probably. I'm, done. I'm probably like you. Yeah, I think I'm gonna do it at least one or two more seasons. It's, it, 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 it's lost the allure that it once had. It's not that um, fun no more. But, but I don't know if I ever stop watching the Eagles play. I have to wish him well, man. I think I'm really just it, it, that product isn't that good anymore. Not just the Eagles, just the the NFL is not that entertaining to watch anymore. 
especially the bullshit games they put on TV. These primetime games have been terrible. I don't know. I, I just don't know if I can continue to invest my time and energy in these organizations that don't give a fuck about us. And, and, and they're, we're, we're pr- predominantly the people that are dominating these sports, but we have no control, no power. One owner in the NBA, none in the NFL. NBA is trying to do different things at the executive level with females and things like that, but I don't know, man. I'm getting it's been it's been it's been toying with me over the past few weeks, man. I don't know if I can keep watching. No, I, I respect I respect that. Um, I respect that. You know, I think the one point you are making that is interesting is I think publicly people view the NBA as like the more liberal organization out of it's no different but i I don't want to cut you off but it's no different than republican and democrats most people think the democrats are for black people but what have we seen right right that's the nfl and nba (laughs) so that's that's a good analogy there but go ahead no i was that's kind of where i was going a lot of people give the nba credit for you know quote-unquote allowing players to speak out and you know, the NBA commissioner speaks out on various social issues, but I'm like, y'all do realize that the same type of white folks own these organizations. And then when they had that issue in China, the energy was really <laughs> different. <Right. laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? Like, yep. And once, once, I think maybe Jason made this point, it's a bottom line decision um, in all of these sports, you know, whatever hurts the margins or hurts the profitability, you know, the owners will move against it. I don't think they really give a fuck about any of the social issues no. or causes. No. It's a tax cut-off. Exactly. And as soon as it, it becomes detrimental to the business, so to speak, because they're going to continue to make their money. And I think it's about money that is outside the NBA. That does become political. As soon as it starts to endanger those relationships and things of that nature, where are you really going to stand? You're not going to stand with us. I yeah, think but we've I think seen NBA, that. I mean, from what we've seen, if you if you they have responded well to certain issues. You know, I mean, even like with like Donald Sterling, like that guy lost his team. You know, they responded well to that That's situation. Valid. So he, can, he didn't lose. He didn't lose his team, Jason. Though he sold it for a couple billion. <laughs> right. Okay. Two billion dollars. Was it four? or Was it two? It's two. I think it was, it was two. two. It was, yeah. It was two billion. You're right. He didn't lose his team, but he was. They did respond the right way. You know, they did everything they could do as far as an organization. To that's an interesting question. Let me ask you this: If that tape came out in the NFL, do you think they would handle it differently? I think they handled it the same way. Didn't the, um, the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, that's yep, that's true. Yep, lose lose his team yep. under he definitely similar did. circumstances. He definitely I did. I mean, when that NBA and I, I agree with Jason's points. So I don't want to like, miss, I want to get back to what you're saying. But I think that the Hawks was the next one, right? You know, all of a sudden, all these white folks was saying once he got that two billion, it was like, 
I call somebody a nigga too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, like, he, wanted he, he, <laughs> he wanted out. He wanted out. You know what I mean? So he knew how to do oh. it after Sterling. He said, that's all I got to do is call somebody a nigga? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it was, like the, the new law, it was the new lost tapes, man. It was, everything was coming out. <laughs> right, here's my from. server. All the emails are here. Feel free to go through them if you need to. <laughs> I'm so ashamed. I'm so ashamed. But go ahead, Jason. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't see again. I think we're letting the NBA look like they're this model of social justice, so to speak, when the NFL has shown they would do the same thing. They don't want too much heat because they don't disrupt the workforce too much. They still want those boys to be good old boys and play. Sure, they definitely want to. I get that part, but I think they responded better um, than the NFL. So I think that's probably why they are. Because they let them wear "I can't breathe" shirts. Because they let them do that. No, it's not just one instance. Like I said, they wore the hoodies. They let them wear the hoodies. No, there's been a. They they've just allowed more self-expression, and um, they responded better to different events that have happened. So I think that they they definitely are in a better light than the NFL. Um, that doesn't mean that they are holier than now and that they are for all social change, but I think they've been ahead of the curve um, when, you, when you look there, at there's, Yeah, I mean, there's clearly been some improvement. There's an executive level. I think there's several black general managers and VP of basketball operations, things of that nature, but there's no, there's only the one owner, and that's Michael Jordan. Um, so I'm just curious of why others have not been let in when at one time some of those mid market teams were struggling. You would have thought it would have been a fire sale at, at one point. But I'm just saying, we can't just continue to let the NBA off the hook, and I think we made a really good analogy is we're dealing with Republicans and Democrats when it comes to NFL and NBA. That's all it is. While the MLB and hockey live in this grand land out in, in, in where's Kanye at? In Wyoming? They're out there in the bliss. While we're separate still from the treatment of these other organizations that are primarily Caucasian organizations. The treatment is clear and, and, and cut that it's different, that they still want to control the black athlete a certain way that's not being done in Major League Baseball. It's not being done in hockey. I just want to shed some light to that because I think the NBA has kind of gotten a pass. And shout out to Mahmoud. That was my man. Chris Jackson at first switched his name to Mahmoud. That's why I said to Colin Kaepernick at some point, nigga, you're going to have to change the damn name. Shit. Can't be calling you Kaepernick 20 years from now. <laughs> Shout out to Mock Moon. It'll be interesting to see what Pap does next. Um, if the NFL spotlight is no longer there, just because he doesn't want to speak publicly much, um, you know, as far as I think he should play somewhere. Moves. I think he should just play in Canada, honestly. I mean, that's probably the next best league to showcase your talent. I mean, we saw Johnny Manziel do it. I think Vince Young went out there, didn't he? Or did he kind of just call it quits, too? 
But we've seen oh, guys. Man, getting... We've seen guys go out there before. Yeah, I don't think Cap's doing it, man. I mean, you know, I have to get too much into Cap and all that talk we had already. But when we see it, be interesting to see what he wants to do next to just promote awareness to what he's doing. I don't know if he wants. I'm, I'm not convinced he wants to play football anymore, personally. So I don't know what 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 the future holds for him as far as the, getting the attention and the spotlight. Yeah, I don't think he has to uh, play football. I think he still has a voice. So, um, he has <laughs> but he doesn't say anything. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. He has the right, right. He has the opportunity still to voice his opinions, and um, you know, we'll we'll definitely be listening if he does decide to. But I, I do think the football's part is over. You're probably right. I would just like to see him go out there and, and show. Everybody, yeah, I can still do this. That would rub it in even more, in my opinion. But you're right, he's probably not going to. And I just want to, maybe I didn't get my point across on the last episode as well as I wanted to, but the short of it is, in my opinion, you don't, you don't teach a free man how to be a slave. And I think that's what the Stephen A. Smiths, that's what the Marcellus Wiley, and that was the other weird thing. And me and you, Jason, we spoke about this. All the black males with a voice in sports media were just so against him with this this vitriol, just attacking Kaepernick as such a bad boy. All the, the, the black males. But you had the white men and the females are the ones defending him and supporting him. I just always think that that's interesting. But you don't treat teach a free man slave tricks. Kaepernick decided, I'm going to be a free man. And there's always consequences that's going to come with that. But if that's where he wants to live in that space, don't try to teach him how to be a slave again. Yeah, I think those, I think those uh, the people that you mentioned who made those comments were... Um, they were kind of focused on themselves and trying to position themselves as well, where like Stephen A. Smith really made it personal, saying that he was trying to help Kaepernick get workouts. This, like he was this bullshit. <laughs> Nobody, so, that's, that's the problem I have with him. He's a clown. <laughs> you were involved I mean, <laughs> in setting up the workout. Get, get the fuck out of here. That would have been the first yeah. thing you would have said. Right, so he once he made it personal like that, like, you know, I try to schedule a workout and then he sabotaged it. It's just, you know, he, he's excluding like all type of unbiased. He's just making it about himself and his self-interest as well. So it's, it's kind of clouded at that point. Yeah. And just to, to make my point more realistic into reality, we all got a homie named T. I remember talking to T one time at Big Tom's crib, shout out to Big Tom and T, putting in that work on the production board. But he told me, yo, I'm not working for nobody. I can't see myself working for nobody. I'm not getting up going to make somebody else rich. He didn't get up and go out and start selling drugs. He got contracts with hospitals, got him a truck, delivering medical supplies. He works on his own time. You can only respect that. I would be a sucker to come in and try to say, yo, what about insurance? And, and what about this? Or what about, I would be a sucker to try to teach him slave tricks when he decided he's going to be a free man. And that's what these motherfuckers are, a bunch of fucking suckers. 
<sighs> we can move on if y'all want. <laughs> nah, I think y'all, I think y'all put a bow on that. I, I, the only thing I would add is the ones that don't say anything when they have the platform are just as, you know, guilty or irresponsible. I mean, I would love to have heard, you know, Michael Wilbon's point of view on on Kaepernick. I would have loved. Yeah, you know, I think she didn't say nothing. May have been the, I, man, I, I haven't really heard Wilbon lean in at all on it. I, I fuck with Wilbon, mm, but know. you know, it, it's it's not much I've heard from him on it. I mean, Shannon Sharp, I think, has said a little bit about it, but I got mixed views. I, I give I give some respect to Shannon because he started out on that Stephen A. Smith train, and as he learned more information, he changed his tone. I give him credit. Right. Stephen A. Smith, no much, no matter how much new information he got, is so stubborn and stuck in his ways because he thinks he's the man. He thinks he is somebody. Could not change his trajectory when it came to that particular topic, and he's just a sucker for that. Well, that was the thing about Shannon Sharp. Even like you say, he switched his tone, but all the people who come out with the original sentiment of. Kaepernick was Kaepernick was wrong without like knowing the facts and not understanding like you gotta from the beginning you gotta understand that you're dealing with the NFL they knew what they was dealing with the guy had been out of a job for three years they call him in in the middle of a season not even towards the latter end of a season for a workout like that's a true shot at getting the job <laughs> like it, it's not like they called him in before preseason or in the summertime or in the spring like they they didn't get like he's been out of league for a minute so you already know what you're dealing with so the people who come out initially and are you know questioning Kaepernick like you have to know all of the facts before you question them you gotta know that the NFL is Vegas, man. you can't give the NFL the benefit of the doubt the house <laughs> niggas and that's not a joke. House nigga is a real thing if people don't know. House nigga is a real thing. And that's what I'm putting them in that damn box. The house nigga. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I would say it's clickbait media these days and everybody's in a rush to quickly respond and react. And the one thing I did have an issue with Stephen A was like, why do you have to post a video? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just An hour later. It's irresponsible. Criticize. This shit is crazy. Like, you don't need to do that just to set up views for your show the next day, especially, you know, when it's about cat and you're a black man. That was my main issue with, um, with Stephen A. But I think we all, all agree. Um, it's a lot of clown shit with a lot of folks out there. Indeed, man. Y'all, y'all black men with a voice need to be more responsible. Shout out to the black women that came out and supported Cap. Carrie Champion. Jamel Hill. Um, L. Duncan spoke up in support. Shouts to them. You niggas need to grow some. We're going to move on. We haven't done this segment since I think the first episode back, but we're going to go into the Who You With segment. First one here. 
Who would have had the more prolific career had it not been for injury? D. Rose, Penny Hardaway, or Grant Hill? Who you with? I'm going to let Dante go first. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, JC, you got to go first on one of you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who you with? Oh, man. All right. So, all right. I'm going to go. Damn. I'm definitely not going to go with D. Rose, mm. even though he was the one, only one I think out of that. Maybe Grant Hill had an MVP. I don't no, know. But I know no, D. Rose no. definitely. Grant he Hill didn't did. have no okay. MVP. Okay, so D. Rose is the only MVP out of the three. Um, But I will say, as far as impact, man, I might have to go with... (laughs) Come on. Who would have been the guy with the chips? Who would have been the guy with the MVPs? Who would have been the guy leading the league forward? Which one would you think would have done it more than others? You know, it's between Penny and Grant for me. If I had to fucking flip a coin, I'm going to just say Grant Hill because I think at the time when Grant Hill came into the league, you know, you had you had Pippen that had handled as a small forward, but I mean, I think Grant was the next wave of Grant was nasty. People forget because it was so early and short of his yeah. career, but he was He was he was the real deal and he, he he's the one Duke player that you gotta like respect that went pro. Like I know it's a lot of Duke players you could talk about the NBA career and say it was a little overhyped. I mean shit, JJ Reddick might be the most successful Duke I could think of without really putting a lot of thought yeah. into it. He's not, he's not the one you... <laughs> Kyrie Irving, nigga. NBA player. Kyrie Irving. Yeah. But do you count him as Duke? Alton Brand. Yeah. Um, but I would say Grant Hill out of those three, and Penny might have had more talent with him, but Grant Hill would have been the one individually. If he would have stayed healthy, man, he could have been, he could have been the most special, I mm. think, out of those three. Mm. It's a tough one. It's, it's definitely it's a, a tough question. It's a good question. That's a that's a really really good question. I think adding that that D Rose is the only MVP um, is interesting because he actually did it and won the MVP of the league. Um, I would have to go with Penny, one of my favorite players ever. Um, take the I bias out of it. Take the, the emotional well, bias out of it. You're still going with Penny. Yeah, but. But I think that with Penny, we saw him be, you know, the best point guard in the league. We saw him play at a really high level. I don't, I'm not sure Grant Hill ever made an all NBA team. You know what I mean? I know he got the rookie of the year. Him and Jay Kidd split the rookie of the year, I believe. Um, but Grant Hill never actually dominated the game. He really? had a good projection. But he never was, like, he never played in Orlando when he even went there. He was good in uh, Detroit, but, I mean, was he better than Kawhi? Grant Hill was selected to All-NBA first team in 1997. Second team four times in 96, 98, 2000. You can't do that. I wasn't going to fact check him like that. Don't do that. I'm just saying, we just we want to put it out there. I'm not trying to... You got to. You got to. Yeah, I'm not trying to play him out. I'm trying to just put it all out there. No, that's that's impressive. 
That's impressive. I still go with Penny, but I guess Grant Hill is definitely uh, a tough choice. I'm going with Penny, though. I'm going with Penny. Well, let's look up um, how many times Penny. That's a great, a great question, too. Uh, D Rose has the MVP. It's crazy how D Rose has the MVP for sure. Um, all right, Penny, All NBA, first team in '95 and '96, third team in '97. I'd have to say Grant gets the nod when it comes to All NBA. Well, it's two first team All NBAs. Yeah, but Penny, but Grant had four got, seconds though. Penny, Penny was on seconds. third teams. True. Seven-time All-Star for Grant, four-time All-Star for Penny. You know, they shit kind of balances out, honestly. Um, I mean, close. you guys are going with the guy that didn't, the guys that didn't win the MVP. D. Rose was a monster. I don't know if we hadn't seen too much like him before that had that explosiveness and could knock down the shot. I mean, yeah, I love D Rose. That's that's definitely not. I don't think you can go wrong with any 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 of those guys. Um, you ain't I never just, had no. You ain't never had no D Rose on your feet though. <laughs> I will say Grant did make felines dope. That was hard to do. Well, it wasn't that's that hard to. Penny it wasn't that nod. hard to do back then though. It wasn't that hard to that's do back Penny then. That's why Penny gets the nod. He had the best sneaker. You're looking for a tiebreaker. That's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. That's a fact. He did have the best sneaker. He had the best sneaker. He had the best Best movie, too. Well, that's why you said with Impact, yeah, it would have, like, the way Nike was promoting Penny, I mean, it was Nike. They did a better job than (laughs) Fila, for sure. And Adidas was trying to do something with D-Rose, but, you know, they they weren't really where they are now when they first got D-Rose. But what are you talking about? Movie. Oh, you're talking about Blue Chips. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. Ah, this is tough. So Penny had some good years when he was in Orlando, when he was still healthy, when Shaq left, and we didn't see we didn't see the same guy when he was healthy. He still had one or two years without Shaq when it was supposed to be his team. He was cool, but I'm going with D Rose, man. I'm going with D Rose, man. Jordan was I don't care. D Rose did it when your so-called king was in the league and Durant. People want to forget about that. D Rose would have stood healthy. He would have won at least one championship. I'm going with D Rose, man. I'm going with the D. MVP. Rose D Rose wasn't putting up numbers with like Judd Butchler though, like. You gotta put some. Who was the best? Who was the second best player on that team in Chicago? Jimmy was Jimmy even good then? Was he even on that team when they were number when that MVP? Boozer, like come on, come on. Number one seed MVP. But we don't. There wasn't no primetime player next to D Rose. Was it Dunleavy? Come on, don't try that. He didn't have nobody out there. I'm going with D Rose, but like like y'all said, you can't go wrong with either. But I don't think you can go against. I don't think you can go against the MVP. That'd be a good poll to put up. 
see see what the uh, listeners are thinking. Yeah, yeah, we can put that up. See what what the what the people are thinking out there. I guarantee they go with Penny. Penny is my dog. I'm trying to take my own selfish, um, emotional interest out of it. I love Penny, but when I'm really looking at what Penny did when it was his team, when he was still healthy, wasn't the same dominance. Of course, without Shaq, the game is going to be different. But D Rose ain't had nobody. I mean, it was oh he had. I guess I'm looking it up now too. So it was just Boozer and Dang and Noah. Yeah, come on. It wasn't. It wasn't. Come on. Dang was, like right. he was. Yeah, was like all right. Yeah, Dang was all right. Yeah, he was all right. He was all right. I fuck with all three of them, so I don't like taking positions where it's not like I'm trying to shit on the other two. I think uh, D. Rose wasn't playing with nobody, though. God damn. All right, so we're going to move on to the next one. Who should we be more concerned about as a people more? And I hate to say culture. Who should we be more concerned with? Antonio Brown or Dame Dash? Who are you with? <laughs> Who should I be more concerned about? Who should we pray for at night? Who should we try to see, you know, if we can send them some kind of pamphlet DM them on Instagram or something. Who's the one we need to be concerned with? Need to be concerned more with Antonio Brown. Did you see Antonio Brown recently? I saw something today. I don't know how recent it was, but D.L. Hughley, I believe, had put it up on his page. It looked like he, he had uh, live streamed something on Instagram where he was throwing. <laughs> I guess he was kicking out the baby mama. And he got the kids' clothes. He had his flunky get the kids' clothes. And I will say the flunky wasn't as much of a flunky to do what A.B. told him to do. A.B. said, man, throw that shit on the ground. The flunky didn't do that. He just held it and gave it and waited for the cop to come and hand it to him. But this nigga is out here tossing out his kids' clothes and got some flunky to do it? I was going to say Dame, but I might have to lean towards A.B., AB is out of control, man. He's bipolar. One day is this tweet and forgive me and I'm sorry. Next day, fuck the NFL and Goodell and Kraft and all you niggas. I'm going to start. I think, I think it's AB. I, I was going to say Dame before this morning when I saw him throwing his kids' clothes out. He's making too many posts and then having to delete them. He's, uh, he doesn't really stand on things he's saying. You know, at least Dane, we know that he kind of stands on those things. Even, you know, you might not agree with his opinion, but you know that he's really about that. And Dane had an interview on Big Boy recently that wasn't a catastrophe. So I I did want to say that as well. Right. But he stands on on his opinions. You know what I'm saying? I can respect that. Like, it might not be, you might not agree with it. But like, AB doesn't, you know, he kind of goes out on a limb. And then turns around and tries to flip it up. The only thing I'll say is that I heard that Dame Dash tried to get into the Diddy party last night. Oh Fifth shit, minutes. Diddy! And he couldn't get in. Oh no, 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 no! Don't, 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 don't just say that shit and not have no sources, Stephen A. <laughs> what do you mean you heard it? 
You can't just put Dame under the bus like that. No, it was it was straight bullshit. It was an Instagram post. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't do that, man. (laughs) Don't do that. That would be fucking hilarious. He's a tycoon, man. Don't do that. He's selling oil, as he likes to tell us. The oil Um, doesn't exist. I I looked it up. It is not for sale anywhere. But. I looked. I looked it up online. It is not. It, it says verbatim: the dash oil is not sold anywhere. <laughs> it's terrible. I I knew something was wrong with Damon. He was he was promoting that a little too heavy. I just didn't want to know the truth. So uh, where can you buy any so, of this shit? Where can you get the the whiskey? Have we seen that in the stores? Dusko. I right, mean, I'm just saying. Right. I'm definitely more yeah. concerned about AB though. AB doesn't—he doesn't stand on anything, man. He's—he's he's just lost out there. Dame, he stands on it. He believes in what he's saying. You might not agree. To his but detriment, maybe, but he stands to it. He sticks to it. You, you right? I can, I can, I can rock with that. I'm not rocking with AB. Switching up his opinion every day. So yeah, you going I mean, with AB? For sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a clean. It's 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 a clean sweep on this one. It's my take is short and simple. I don't. AB, aside from like, I don't like to define, like, AB doesn't really seem cool to me, but like, you know, everybody's definition of cool is different, but he just seems like the most, he seems unstable. Like, he's just very volatile. Like, you don't know what he's talking about. The last thing I seen from him was a tweet, it was like four or five days ago. He said, No more white women in 2020. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, he did do that. You don't know, you don't know, it's like, but I thought your issue was with a black woman. Like, I don't know what. <laughs> That's fuck. what I was confused about. The women he's in trouble with were black, right? Facts. <laughs> like I don't. He. I think I seen the, the last thing I seen. It might have been like I don't know if he photoshopped it or what, but it had something to do with like it was like a picture of Tom Brady. I think his son, and then he photoshopped himself in the picture, like trying to get back with the Patriots. It's just I think he is. It reminds me of like Ocho Cinco at the end when he was just more interested in being popular and relevant, you know, and just how he, they went about. Well, well you know, he, you know, he has an album with Sean Kingston coming out. No, I didn't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm dead serious. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, AB. It's AB. AB. It's AB. We're going to pray for you, brother. The show Kingston album flipped it over the line. You heard about it? Fuck no, I ain't hear about that. We could have ended that topic early. We're going to pray for you, AB. We're going to pray that 2020 is a better year for you. That you get everything in order. And just chill, man. Just fucking chill and try to get on the field. And then once you retire, live your life. But you got to relax, man. Somebody take the nigga's phone, please. That's what it would just help a lot of these dudes. If they just had somebody to hold their phone. They're just holding the phone. And if I ask you for it, don't give it to me unless I need to make a call. Be life would be a lot easier. So OJ's good with the phone, but the rest of these niggas can't. OJ handle. is OJ is perfectly fine. That's why we know he's innocent. He knows how to handle a smartphone. OJ can handle it. 
but people, the, the rest of the, 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 the new era can't. We don't know what they're capable of. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to move on to the next one. So I've been, you know what? The TV one brought back the Family Matters. And if you forgot, Family Matters was a good ass show. Urkel was a phenomenon. Family Matters is a good show. But I was watching Eddie Winslow's head. I'm just like, man, this nigga, <laughs> this nigga was a fucking cornball. Like, why did they have to make Eddie so corny? So then I had to say, well, who was the bigger, who was the bigger, <laughs> who was the bigger cornball, Eddie Winslow or Theo Huxtable? Who you? With? Eddie Winslow was. Come on, Theo was not that bad. Move on. I say, Theo was cool, bro. Theo was cool. <laughs> He wasn't cool, but yeah, he, he should have said, I would say Eddie Winslow or like Braxton from like the Jamie Foxx show. Yeah, but Grax, Braxton was a grown ass man. It, 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 it's an easy question. I at thought that y'all might look funny, at it though. differently. Braxton was funny. Yeah, Eddie wasn't funny Eddie, at all. Right, right. Should not have been on the show. And Get even, even the niggas they surrounded <laughs> Eddie with. Waldo, Geraldo, Faldo, and and the Weasel. Like they didn't even make his homies halfway cool and shit. Like <laughs> I know the dude who played Eddie has to be like, yeah, I should go back and shoot all of these niggas because he really ain't that corny in real life. But that character, no, he is. no he's not. You bring the thing is, if you're an actor, you bring the character out. He just like, come on, man. You think he really is corny? He looked nervous on camera. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I seen him in um Next Day Air. That nigga was kind of cool in Next Day Air. That's my that's my movie on the low. Yo, he was playing opposite Urkel. Like that ain't easy to just pull off. So it, it's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, I don't I don't blame the cat the the actor. I blame the writers and producers to make Eddie that fucking corny. It's out of control how corny Eddie was. So maybe Theo, maybe, maybe Theo didn't deserve that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Theo. The only person I can really compare him with, as far as black sitcom that I mean, we saw growing Carlton up. You could have threw Carlton in there. You could have threw Carlton in there. Nah, but Carlton wasn't the lead uh, son. Like he wasn't like. He was the exact same position. Now, Carlton wasn't corny though. Right, he was corny. Carlton was, was himself. If you're gonna be yourself, you can't. You ain't corny if you are who you are. Eddie didn't know. I don't know what the fuck Eddie was supposed to be. <laughs> it was a waste of a character. That's what he was. <laughs> right. They got rid of Judy. They should have got rid of Eddie Winslow. Shit. You just let Judy disappear. Let Eddie disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Judy ended up doing porn. Y'all did it so bad. Shit. <laughs> y'all saw that shit before right I definitely never saw it or you heard of it I didn't say <laughs> they did Judy so wrong she ended up fucking and sucking on camera terrible but that's all I got for this one but I did want one sucker of OG because I saw this shit and I'm just like, this shit is ridiculous. Your boy Champagne Poppy. Did y'all see this? Champagne Poppy has a hoodie 
that he sported on Instagram, Twitter, or whatever, a custom-made one that says the boy on it of Bronny's high school basketball team. Is that a sucker or OG move by the boy? Fucking disgusting. So wait, this this the, the hoodie has a picture of the team on it? He has the athletic wear of Bronny's high school team. He has the hoodie and it's custom made for him. It says the boy of a ninth grade kid and his high school team. It's like a Willingboro High high school hoodie. He has one for LeBron James' son. Like, what are we doing? Mm. <laughs> y'all must not think it's, it's a sucker move. Y'all must think it's an OG. Y'all must, y'all must, if y'all think that's cool, then speak out. You don't have to follow I mean, my if lead. He, if he's, if he's, if he, all right. If he's sly with LeBron like that, like, I wouldn't be mad, all right, like, if we was, like, celebrities, right, and we was rocking a Kai Mir- well, see, it's different because we went to that high school. Right. I can't talk my way out of this one. <laughs> I don't think he is that cool with LeBron. They're all associates of sorts, yes. I don't think that they're having Christmases yeah. together and shit. I'm not mad at it, though. I mean, to be honest, it's like, oh. they, they got it, they got it. Young young guys, they got a movement coming, and he's like, yo, look at this. You know what I'm saying? He's an entertainer. It's, why not support? They got a movement coming. They got some good energy coming their way. So he's like, support that. It's not like, what would be the suck move about it? Like, he's not hating on nobody. He's not doing nothing disrespectful. He's supporting something. Like, why wouldn't he? That's your opinion. You think that that's an OG move, okay? I just don't think that we should be out here promoting a ninth grade kid and now you're putting all this pressure on him to succeed. Why are we making that the thing to do? I just, I just, Drake to me is not even just about, we've seen this as a pattern from Drake. Like we see this, we see him just hop on and dick ride whatever might be the latest and greatest thing. He don't give a fuck about no damn Bronny or LeBron. He's doing it just to get attention. I think it's some sucker shit. I'm sorry. I get what you're saying, though. He ain't hurt nobody. He's trying to support. And if it wasn't not the pattern that we've seen from Drake, then you could say, oh, okay. But we always see him do this type of shit. They even got a whole Drake curse. Because whenever he wears somebody's shit, they lose. So, Bronny, Bronny, please. Be careful. <laughs> the curse might be on you. But that's his actual team. That don't count. That's his actual <laughs> team. That's not him dick riding and hopping on a bandwagon for somebody else. Like he always does. That one don't count. So your, is, your issue, your issue too, is that he's not probably as close to LeBron like that. No, be I don't think supporting so. No. His, supporting his son's high school. No, see, if like D-Wade or, or Chris Paul had went on, I'd be like, yo, that's dope. I would probably think that was dope. Not champagne fucking poppy. Please. You don't have no idea that dynamic between them, man. 
you can't say that he don't even have to know him. The thing about it is he doesn't have to be cool with LeBron to support somebody's movement. Say, yo, I like to see this young boy out here. Doing oh, it's a it. movement now. Bronny playing ninth grade, movement. ninth grade basketball is a movement now. Come Their on. Team. Their team is going to be one of the most pop. It's sold out every night. You know what I mean? It's, it's a real popular event right now in sports. They were on ESPN like a few t- like 10 times. They're setting so this kid up, man, for... F- uh, it's going to be a hard it's gonna fall. It's going to be what it's going to be. It's going to be what it's, it's going to be, be, but I don't like it. I don't yeah, like it at be, all. I mean, he got to put that work in, and if you're good or not... Well, let me, let me ask you this. You... In that situation, I know you see LeBron jumping up and down, doing all this crazy shit on the sidelines. You in a similar, somewhat situation, a high-profile kid's son, but it's not to this level. If you're coaching that kid on that team, LeBron James, the coach, be honest. Are you treating him the same as the rest of the players? For sure, they kids. They don't. They don't. The thing is, what do you mean kids, for sure? What do you mean for sure? You think it's that easy? The game and the game is like regulated by you know doing the right thing, working hard. You want to make sure that you hold everybody and accountable. And you, you know, what I'm saying now, as far as like playtime, you never do that on any team. You know, what I mean, if you're talking about something like that, you're never going to say. Of course, if you got a better player and he makes a mistake. You know, different players out a longer leash and stuff like that. Not as far as playing. Say LeBron. <laughs> say LeBron comes to you and says, "Yo, I don't like you running." These sets, I drew, I drew something up that I'd like you to start doing. Yeah, LeBron would never do nothing. Like <laughs> how do you know? That's ridiculous. <laughs> what if he did? You know what? Like, the parents who really get it, they never do stuff. Like, I never had a parent actually tell me anything like that anyway. But, well, okay, that but, might be too extreme. What if we say, yeah, I don't like the way we in this soft zone. I think we need to start manning up. I want, you, I want my boy to learn a little bit more man-to-man disciplines and things of that nature are you taking heed to that advice or are you going to continue to do what you believe knowing he could leave you <laughs> yeah right I, so that's the thing i don't i don't think that those type of things actually happen i i really because you when you see him because earlier you mentioned lebron jumping up and down on the sidelines right like that if i was not, the coach no 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 you know it for sure i've seen it you can get a technical by a fan or a parent doing too much in the stands. Only one person supposed to be standing, and that's the head coach. I would have He's to check him. The court, He's on the other side of the court doing that. So you got the I mean, referee pushing him back to stay off the court. It's a safety hazard. Sit your ass down. Right. I wouldn't say anything to him about that. He could support any way he want. And I think that any everybody in the arena probably enjoys seeing him do that. So I would I definitely wouldn't uh, address a parent about how they support our team. If you know he's con- if he wasn't LeBron, you would. If he's you had a parent constantly on the court, yelling and screaming, and that's distracting. I used to go to parents all the time and say, "Hey, they need to hear my voice. We don't we don't need all that extra yelling and screaming because then they get distracted." No, I see him out there supporting, like cheering them on. I don't see him, you know, uh, being demonstrative or anything like that. I, Not I about being being demonstrative. I heard him out there saying, "Yup." Pass one more, one more. Like, don't distract yeah. the guys while they're on the court, man. Let them play the game. That's that's not a bad thing at all, man. I, I see him being positive out there. I think every parent's different, though. You know, LeBron is gonna be a high energy guy, 
And I think that he knows the lines to cross out there. He's not going to cross the line and get a check for the team. That's all extreme. Like, if you don't enjoy him uh, supporting like in, in that fashion, I get that. And a lot of parents probably don't because they're a different type of people. They, they might be a little bit more yeah, reserved. It's, it's, I know but, regular parents that did that shit, and everybody hated those people. <laughs> when you were that guy, nobody really cared for you. But I do think he's enjoy, he's enjoying himself and he's enjoying his time with his son. And, I, and the kids seem to enjoy it. So that's why I really appreciate it because the kids right. seem like they're All right. Really so back to the champagne poppy. You you have no problem with it? You stand for nah, that? No problem. Dante, no problem with, with champagne poppy with ninth graders jersey on pretty much? For it to be a sucker move? Nah. I mean... Okay. Okay. Who cares? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I think... Well, who cares about any of the shit? It. But is it Sucker or OG? I don't think it's neither. I just think it's Drake doing shit on Instagram. I don't... It, it gets the kid more attention and... You gotta choose. He's, gotta he's choose. already... I did. I said it's 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 not it's it's not a Sucker move. So you're saying it's an OG move? Okay. I gotta <laughs> pick one. I would pick OG. <laughs> I hope, nah, I hope I'm just LeBron, fucking with you. I hope LeBron is in your list of of when we get to the NBA topics. Cause goddamn, you'll find any <laughs> angle to shit on him. Boy. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just <laughs> saying that you know for a fact. He's <laughs> <laughs> doing too much on the sidelines. You gotta relax, nigga. Man. Did we not have parents that would be out of control and have to have a talk with him? Yes, nigga, it's just because he's LeBron nigga, James ain't changing nothing. Nigga, we had worse than LeBron James sitting on the bench with us. Yeah, exactly. We had to have talks with him. It just didn't never register. <laughs> right. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. All right, but we can, we can move on now to the NBA. First, want to start off. We want to have a in this thing off with, um, you know, typically Christmas is when everybody really tunes into basketball. We start getting the games on Sunday. Start to really tune in and kind of get to see who's who and what's what. So I want to talk about kind of what have we learned up until this point. We've got the big time Christmas Day games coming up in about a week. But many may not know. I think all three of us grew up as Nick fans, right? I know I know, I did up until a certain point. And that's why always when kids say they love LeBron James or Steph Curry in their Golden State fan. I don't hold it against kids. I don't hold that type of shit against women and children. You'll learn one day if you're of any sense. As you grown men that the Lakers fans and Golden State fans, it's just weird to me. But as a kid, you're going to gravitate to who's winning. But that, that, that's how it was. Growing up, I was a Knicks fan. Dante, I believe you were... Tuned in. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if nah. you were a fan. Yeah, I think me and you were the same. It was the Larry Johnson thing, right? I mean, no, nah, I was me, I was a big cool. fan before Larry. I was I got a John Starks jersey now. Before, you know, I was okay. I was, I was a, you know Patrick Oakley Harper. Larry Johnson, we were twenty. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we wasn't twenty. We wasn't twenty. <laughs> Oh, we, we wasn't we, we twenty. We were young when Larry, when Larry Johnson came. Nah, because they, they went to that championship in 99. So we were we were teenagers. Right. 
Um, but yeah, I was I was my connection to the Knicks was when Larry Johnson went over there. Um, so sure, you didn't so. really fuck with the Knicks before Larry? No, I would have been. I was with the Hornets before that. Oh, okay. So you were a Larry Johnson fan? Okay, that makes sense. I was too, but I was kind of a Hornets fan as well because of Larry. But when it came to who I was rooting for in the playoffs, because the Hornets wasn't making the playoffs, it was the Knicks. I was rooting for the Knicks to go up against Michael and beat him. It never happened. But Jason, right. you're you're a Knicks yeah. fan. Yeah, I was. I've always been a Knicks fan. What the fuck is going on? Are you? Man? Are you still a Knicks? Are you? Are you still a Knicks fan, Jason? I mean, it's tough, but that's the team that I'm going to root yeah. for for sure. I, I have players that I root for, but as far as the team, what I'm players always... that on the team now? No, no, players around the league. Oh, okay. No, no. So like, I know the Knicks aren't in the playoffs, so I'll start like rooting for a different player, or maybe like I like the, the way a team is playing, so I want to see them win or something like that. But as far as like my team, it's only been the Knicks. I never claimed, it. I never wanted to cheer for another team like that. Well, as, as a, a lifelong fan, like I rooted for the Knicks to get Zion. I couldn't. I, I that that hurt. What the fuck is going on, man? What do you attribute this to? This has been going on for 20 years since Dolan, this Dolan took over the team from his father. I and think it's just bad leadership. But how can you, how can the owner, I don't see him as Jerry Jones, constantly putting his hands in the pot. Maybe it goes on and, and we don't see it. And he's tried to bring in the Phil Jacksons. He's brought in the Donnie Walshes. And it hasn't succeeded. Like, what? what is going on? Well, I think he should have had some hindsight. I mean, he should have been able to see that, like, when Phil Jackson came in, Phil Jackson was not trying to find a job to work. You know, he was trying to get a payday, but he wasn't, like, about the work at that time. You know, he was done, basically. Um, when he hired Isaiah Thomas... It was like, you know, you got to hire people on merit and also on who's going to do the work. I think he's just like, he, he'll hire some big names or pay some money. Um, but, you know, you need people who are actually going to get things done and who are about their work. So I think he's made poor decisions with coaches and even the Phil Jackson thing. That I didn't think you blame Fisdale for this or what's his name? Steve no, no, Mills? No, no. Steve Mills? And who, who's the other guy? No, I mean, over on? like the 20 years, I actually think Fisdale. Could have probably, I mean, it's going to take a while to turn around, especially when you weren't getting uh, the Zion Williams. But Jason, but Jason, fuck all that. You've got 10 power forwards on a 12-man roster. How the hell are you supposed to do anything with that? Who's responsible well, you know, for that? I think that they, they, honestly, with that situation, I think that they just signed a bunch of guys thinking that, like, one of these guys are going to be needed before the trade deadline. So, like, let's just – we don't have anybody else. We got cap space, and we get them on, like, one- or two-year deals so that they're trade bait, and somebody's going to need a forward. So then the coach was set up then. So then the coach was set up. That's bad. That's bad, GM. So even even if that was their philosophy, you know, you, you keep the cap space and you take those expiring contracts to get – draft picks like the Sixers and other teams have started to do recently. That that was bad 
GM and when they signed all those power forwards. But well, it's not I bad mean, GM yet because we haven't gotten to the trade deadline. So if they can trade two or three of those guys, then it works out. It's not trade like, them for what? Draft picks. Who's giving up a draft pick for Bobby Portis? No, you, you gonna give a first round pick? Right. Right. For Marcus Morris, you can get, <laughs> get first-round picks when you have the cap space available, and you can take like a bad contract, like like one of the Knicks players. That's when you can flip it and get a draft pick. You can't. Yeah, they're, they're not tradable assets. No, they're not. They're not crazy contracts. Those guys are not on like extremely expensive. Contracts. Julius Randle got a solid contract. They got him out there running the offense. Right, but another team could, <laughs> another team could use a Julius Randle or, or Morris. They can use Morris or Randle. No, see, Morris's <laughs> contract is a good contract because it's one year. But this is how you know the Knicks is on some fucking they smoking, they snorting coke. He already had a deal with the Spurs for $10 million. The Knicks already had 10 power forwards. And they said, you know, they're going to give you $10 million. We'll give you 15 to come here. What sense would, did that make? Why did you think Marcus Morris was making your team? You already had a bunch of those guys on similar contracts. You already got Bobby Portis on a similar contract. You already got Taj Gibson on a similar contract. What the fuck did you need to do that for? And I and I get what I think I know what they're trying to do. They have all these expiring contracts because 2021, Giannis is going to be the big fish on the market. From Greece, huge melting pot of people in New York. That's what they're banking on. That's why all these guys are on one, two, three-year deals. A bunch of expiring contracts to have the salary cap. They have continued to fail at this approach, mind you. Right. They've never gotten anybody to come there. Why are they continuously setting their organization back by playing this game when clearly there's an unwritten rule, do not go to the Knicks. When these guys are on their banana boats, that's the discussion. That's one of them that comes up. Whatever you do, don't go to the Knicks. It's sad, man, because I used to I used to fuck with the Knicks heavy, but this is hard to see. Yeah, I think the Kyrie and Kevin Durant thing. Kevin Durant was supposed to be a Nick. You know what I'm saying? I think that's according what everybody, to who? <laughs> according to who? That's what that's what it, it was looking like, and he ended up choosing Brooklyn. That was so. Now you got to just completely start with a whole new game plan. It was all about salary cap, and they still have salary cap because even like Morris, like they gave him a 15 million dollar deal, but it's one one year. That's really nothing. That's that's not. It, 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 right, but yeah, it, it is. But what are you really going to get back in return for Marcus Morris at this point in his career? A second round pick? No, you gotta, you get, uh, you gotta get, you gotta think about it at the trade deadline where a team is, you know, in need of another player, and they're like second or third in their conference, and they just need another player, and this guy is just going to be for the rest of the season, and maybe you just need a small forward who can defend. Somebody's going to, I think somebody's going to make that. I'm typically good at eye talent, and I'll let you go, Tate, but Dennis Smith Jr., am am I wrong? I think he's a talented player. Am I missing the mark? Typically, I can spot him. Is he just unhappy and doesn't want to play there? 
Yeah, I'm not a big Dennis Smith Jr. fan, so I probably see him as talented, but someone who probably he got to be better than this. He has looks a terrible right ceiling. now. He has a higher ceiling for himself than where he is realistically, um, he, and he doesn't really facilitate the offense that well from when I. He's a scoring guard. Um, yeah, he's not going to facilitate anything. But he's a scoring guard. Is he still on the team? He's still there. He looks terrible. But I think that has a lot to do with what he's surrounded with. It's going to be hard for anybody to look good in that offense where there's no spacing whatsoever. How are you supposed to even penetrate to the basket and you got fucking four power forwards on the court clogging up the lane? Like... Shit is sad. Man. <laughs> like, oh, this is terrible, man. man you, but I, I, the Knicks. I mean, to uh, to answer Jason's thing, I just think that they could have did. So the Marcus Morris contract. If you don't sign that contract and you have that cap space, that's when you get into a situation where a team wants to move a bad contract. They lose all their leverage. And you can get multiple picks instead of just trading a player and getting like a late first round pick. If it's a team that's heading into the playoffs, that's competitive and they just need a piece. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's you could do more with the cap space when it's available from what I've kind of seen, I think, but, but, um, but yeah, the Knicks man, I mean, you, my love for the Knicks completely went away when and actually, this might surprise you, too. I hated the Carmelo trade for one reason. I thought it was bad timing because they gave up. When they got Carmelo? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they got him, they gave up They gave up the whole house, you know, Gallinari, a couple other pieces um, to get him. And then that's when Donnie Walsh, you know, faded away and basically resigned. And they said, you know, that was the owner, Dolan. I think somebody asked, like, you see Dolan different than Jerry Jones. I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like he he definitely inserts his his decisions on, on key key moves. And I think that was one, you know, Carmelo wanted to be there and instead of waiting until the offseason yeah, they could have waited. bring in Carmelo in as mm-hmm. the free agent. You know, they traded him and they just completely, you know, took all the talent off that roster and then had to rebuild with Melo and, and Stoudemire. And Stoudemire got hurt and that ended up being like a bad decision and then Donnie Walsh left and you you know they ha- they really haven't had a solid GM that I can think of since Donnie Walsh stepped out I mean you know I think Jason already said you know the Phil Jackson thing was a complete waste of money you know he was you can't manage a team in New York and, and live in Montana you know or Wyoming or wherever he lives like it's just a bunch of fuckery and foolish shit out there and then you get KD and Kyrie basically confirming for these next generation of athletes that you know Madison Square Garden is not what we view it as I think they got a hard a hard a hard road ahead they got a you know you just fired Fisdale you really didn't give him much to work with it's a mess I, I don't know is Mark Jackson do you want Mark Jackson as the next coach uh Jason of course of course. Of course. Oh. That's, that's of easy course. Word. Okay. Of course. I mean, you know, he's a New Yorker. I always respected him as a coach already. Well, here's the thing. The rumor is 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 not going to be Mark Jackson. It's going to be Jason Kidd, who has the ties. Has the ties to Giannis. I heard that. And the difference between that owner and Jerry Jones is that 
uh, Jerry Jones is involved in every single move. So <laughs> that <laughs> James Dolan did one with Carmelo. We get that. It makes sense. He's like, no, just make it happen. We need it now. Sometimes owners do that. Jerry Jones is involved in every move. But Mark Jackson would be great for the Knicks. Do you think Mark Jackson's being blackballed? We heard that from Iguodala, a few other people. Apparently, he's being blackballed for his religious uh, views and f- f- supposedly forcing his religion on the team. I heard that. I heard that. Um, yeah, I heard that too. I, I don't know how many jobs he's going after. I know he went after the next jobs last time, um, but I don't know how many other jobs he actually went after. So it's, it's, it's tough. Coaching positions are tough. It's not like a Kaepernick thing where there's three quarterbacks on every team and he could have made one. Like, you know, coaching situations, it's not as many jobs out there. I don't know how many jobs he would actually take and want. So um, hopefully the Knicks get it right, though, and and they get him instead of Jason Kidd. I, w- I wouldn't be mad at Jason Kidd, but I definitely prefer Mark Jackson. I would like to they see Mark to Jackson hire, get a shot. They need to hire Mark Jackson and then let Oakley be courtside in the first <laughs> game. I think that would be a, that'd be a great first step. That's not going to happen. The <laughs> Oakley part ain't, probably is not going to happen, but I can see Mark finally getting a shot. And to me, if if he does get the shot, he has to he has to have some con- conversations up front as far as what he's dealing with and what the plan is, because having ten power forwards on the team ain't gonna do it for nobody, and they have such a long way to go. Mark Jackson would probably need a good eight years to turn that shit around. Anybody. Unless you do get a Giannis or, you know, one of these super duper stars, but I don't, I don't. The Knicks need to stop banking on that. They really need to stop banking on that, because we're starting to see that that may not ever happen until they're able to turn things around internally and look like a reputable organization. But the problem with the Knicks as well is, is that they're in New York. They still sell out every game. As bad as that product right. is, they still they still sell every game out because of the tourist. The amount of people that flood into that city, they put going to a Nick game on the agenda. Right. And you have a loyal enough fan base. So as bad as that team is, the fact that it can still be one of the top three organizations in all the sports is another thing I think is a hindrance of why they continue to be bad because it doesn't affect the bottom line for that team at all. And you're going to need somebody in there who really gives a shit about winning. Yeah, well, I think that um, those three teams this um, last two off seasons, they kind of set a precedence for how you should go about it. Like, you know, you want to create cap space as did like the Knicks, um, the Nets, uh, the Clippers, and also the Lakers. Like, they all created cap space. But, like, the thing is, those other teams, they focus on winning as well. So, building with some young guys and having some right, type right, of foundation right, there. Right, right, right. So that even though, like, the free agents, they, they realize that they'll change life wherever they go. Um, but it's good to have something there. So, the head coach was important. 
um, well, not really with the Lakers. LeBron just kind of did it without the head coach. But, like, the Clippers, you know, strong head coach, built a team that, you know, had some success. Right. Same with Brooklyn. Brooklyn right. built some success where I think that those players felt a little bit more comfortable going to play right. um, Kyrie and KD right, as opposed to just going to New York. It's like, it's just us two. We got to build the entire roster. Right. Absolutely. But like LeBron actually was comfortable with building the entire roster. I think he realized what he was getting into, but he knew his influence and was like, you know what? I'll help y'all build the roster. You and think LeBron was, was aware of last season and that they would struggle? I don't think he thought they were going to miss the playoffs, but I think that he definitely knew that it wasn't going to be, uh, he wasn't going to the Western Conference Finals. I think he, he knew that they weren't going to be that good. But I, I think, think he might have known that, and then I think he went into panic mode. I also think he thought he was getting AD during the season. Wow, that's like, last season. <laughs> Let's talk about this season. Yeah. No, no, say like you said last season. Did he know about that? I'm I know, saying. but even I'm getting off track. But oh, okay. does this have to do with this season? I mean, it kind of does. Do it it kind of does. But here's one thing I want to start with as far as, you know, just what have we learned about the NBA? And because we're talking about organizations, is Golden State in trouble? Just as an organization. Because they lost Kevin Durant. They had all the success, which led them to build this, what is it, a $4 billion arena or whatever, billions of dollar arena, say to the art. Nobody goes to the games because now they're in San Francisco instead of Oakland. Is, do you think they're in trouble? Because there's no more fan base that they had in Oakland that's just coming to support the team. They're not a winning team, and the core of the team has gotten older. So if they're going to have a trouble filling those seats. I mean, just financially, I, you know, Golden State's not one of those organizations that's going to have the history to back them up like the Celtics, like the Lakers, like the Knicks, have they possibly jumped the gun and thinking they maybe were one of those organizations and moving out of Oakland, which is their fan base, where that fan base actually resides? I don't think so. I, don't, yeah. I think like with the amount of championships that they, that they won, um, they built up um, not only in that area, um, but throughout the country. You know what I'm saying? They build up a, a real fan base. You know, the times are changing. So I think that there's, there's Golden State fans all around the country, let alone For in now, But what happens when Steph Curry retires or when Steph Curry is not oh, well, as they good? they got some time. You know, they got some time for that. That's what I was going to say second was that they they, they do have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. So they when they get those guys back, they'll, they'll be just fine. Mm, I, I don't know if they'll be what they were. And, Again, as I alluded to when I first started talking about this, those are Fairweather fr uh, fans. Those people don't have no connection to that city or to that team for real. They're connected to the players. And once the players go, and they're going to be a struggling team like they had been the 30 years before these guys started to hit their stride. And they're in an area similar to Miami where people really don't give a fuck about the game. They go to the uh, event because it's an event and it's cool to be there if you're a winning team. I don't know, man. I think they might be in a little bit of trouble. And, and nobody expected this. So we talk about what we've learned so far. Nobody expected this.
They're the worst team in the fucking league. Which may help them, but there's no big-time player that they would necessarily need. Like, they don't need Mellow Ball. I mean, I guess they'll take him, but I don't think that's the best place for him to go. So, I don't know. I think they might be in a little bit of trouble. But who else is in trouble that we didn't think would be? I'm going to start out with Portland. I didn't think Portland would be this, would struggle this early. They, Dame, I don't know if he was doing too much festivals rapping over the summer, but he just doesn't quite look like the, the first team All-NBA player that he got that tag for. Melo's come in and he's had some serviceable games, but I don't think that, you know, he's really a guy that's going to take them over the top. And the NBA needs to stop pacifying this nigga now. You kept him out of the league. Now you want to put the pacifier in his mouth by giving him that Western Conference player of the week shit. That was some bullshit. Cut it out. Melo averaged 22 points that week. James Harden averaged 43. Luka averaged 33. Melo gets some damn Western Conference Player of the Week. Cut it out. But who else are we concerned with? <laughs> I'm concerned with Portland. I thought they would have been better. Yeah, in terms of disappointing teams, uh, I think maybe I thought Detroit would be a little better. I think I, I heard re- more recently uh, they talk about potentially shopping Blake Griffin. Um I don't know. I, I heard that they would have maybe, maybe had made a, a, a push more, uh, more towards the playoffs. Um, I think your man Popovich is another one, man. I don't did the did the Allure Popovich wear off? I hate to ask that, but you know, I think uh, you know he's got he's got an aging roster a little bit with um, with Aldridge and. Yeah. I don't know. I saw them the other night play. They look terrible. Yeah, he had um, DeRozan's on the trade block as well. Right. So, I mean, I think, yeah, I'd probably go with the Spurs or or the, or the Pistons as far as teams that maybe I thought would have been a little more competitive. Yeah, I would have never thought about either of those teams, to be honest. Um, but I don't even think Portland was like the team. third seed in the West. They're not, they're not even in playoffs yeah, right now. But that was a surprise too. Portland, I mean, even when you see them at three, you were kind of surprised. Like, oh, they they, they won that many games. Um, but I am surprised that they are that bad. Um, I definitely didn't expect them to have a losing record to this point. But the you know when the Lakers and the Clippers and Dallas rise to the top, then it's, it's going to be tough. The, t- the one team that I'm a little bit surprised at, well, the biggest surprise to me is Golden State. I did think that Golden State would be in the mix. I was looking forward to that, and now with the injuries and stuff like that, they're just completely um, out of it. So that's disappointing. That was one team I was I was um, looking forward to seeing right. how they played this year. Um, but Utah, I thought Utah... Thought they'd um, be better. A, yeah, I thought they'd be a little better. Just Mike like Collins not working out. Yeah, yeah, that was supposed to be something. So, um, and, and then I thought that they brought a, a nice core back. Um, but to see like Dallas, um, play the way that they're playing at this point, um, has been surprising. I think they, that is that's a pleasant surprise for me. Dallas, I don't want to call it a surprise because we didn't know what we were getting into. Like we didn't know what Porzingis was going to bring us. We didn't know the projection or how. Luca was going to propel. I, I guess Luka you have like to top. say it was. A, yeah, I guess you have to say a surprise. But 
it was also something that people were interested in. It wasn't it like people were like, I'm kind of interested to see what this duo is going to do. Like, I don't think anybody just wrote them off like, oh, that's not going to, they're not going to do nothing. Like, people were like, all right, Porzingis is in shape. Luca's getting better. What's this really going to be? Mm-hmm. They was the team, I think, when we, um, I think the three of us last talked about, last episode, three of us was when we talked about free agency, and I was, I was saying, man, Dallas would have been a spot to look at because um, they had cap space. Oh, yeah. And they had, they had cap Porzingis space at already. That time as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, nobody knew Luca was going to be um, what he is right now, like y'all said. I mean, that was actually the surprise I had um, on one of my um, comments for this. But, like, if you look at that draft, man, like, he went third that year. I mean, DeAndre Aiden and Marvin Bagley, I don't even hear those names at all. Um I think Trey Young, Trey Young might Trey Young might be the only other player from that draft that you ever hear of. I mean, but you know what? We gotta be Kevin careful Knox. with Trey Young. We gotta be careful with him because he's a decent player on a bad team. Always gotta be weary of that. Not saying he isn't gonna be that guy, but they're a bad team, man. He's gonna get all the shots he needs. Nobody's gonna second guess him. He can do what the fuck he wants to do. Just wanted to touch right. on him real quick. Yeah, we had a lot of guys come through and be, have that same opportunity and stink it up. So I do think that he's like solidifying himself as going to be in the league. But you're right as far as him being like a, a top tier player. Oh, he'll be in the league. Michael Carter Williams yeah. is still in the league, but <laughs> fool's gold. Yeah, but I think Luca. Go going back to Luca. He's a, is he top ten in the league? Top ten players? Absolutely. He's got to be. Yes. He's got to be. Without a Is doubt. Top five? Right now, yes. He could very well so, be the MVP of the league. So Well, MVP doesn't mean you're the best player, but No, but you, so it you would th- mean you were top five, I would hope. So you think Luca's top five player in the league? I would have to stamp that. The way he's playing right now, yes. That's crazy. Ooh, you I'll, don't I'll think go, so. I'll go. T- I'll go top 10, but I think he is definitely in the MVP conversation. But I think there's a distinction for, you know, what y'all were just about to say between MVP and top five player. Yeah, he's definitely having a top five season right now, playing like uh, a top candidate for MVP for sure. It's just crazy how, like, you know, that quickly he can get put up in that type of conversation as top five players in the league. He's playing oh, as a top five player. Is he a top five player? That's debatable. But is he playing? No, I'm asking you, is he a top five player? I have to give that more thought. But is he playing Is he playing as well as any other four or five players in the league right now? Yes. Without a doubt. But, right, this, but, is, is this, is the, but this is where we are right now in the season. But would, I, would I take Paul George over him? Or would I take Hawaii over him? I don't know. I have to give that more thought. But is he playing better than Kawhi and Paul George right now? Yes. You would definitely take Kawhi over him every day of the week. All right. But he's not. Luke is playing just as good, if not better, than Kawhi right now. Right. But you would take Kawhi every day of the week. Luke is a lot younger. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> he's playing well. I, mean, you were- I, I like watching him. Yeah, you would take 
I mean, that's a good question. He's definitely top ten. He uh, a little more time to do top five. Would you Would you rather start a team with him or Siakam? Luca. Okay, then that, I think that says a lot because that means that he. Not really. He, he says pushing. Siakam. Yeah, I don't know if that's a yeah. good comparison. He's good. He's good. Well, you're trying to find a but player that's about, in the same age bracket is what no, you're looking for? What if you talk about... Yeah, I was talking about the same age bracket, yeah. Oh, he's got his age bracket. You know, he's one of the best ever 20-year-olds in the league. You know what I mean? He's one of the best to do it at that age. So far, if you're just judging off of this season, he's in the MVP race at 20. That's, uh, that's impressive. But, but somebody we'll seemed to want to get to LeBron and the Lakers from earlier conversations... What do you want me to say? They're playing well. They got the number one record in the league. You can't dispute that. They have a good chance of going to the NBA Finals. Can't dispute that. So what what are you looking for me to say about that? <laughs> what do you want me to say? Who are you addressing? Whoever said something about the Lakers and LeBron, it was you, Dante. Oh, I can't wait to talk about the NBA. All right. The Lakers are playing well. Is AD going to stay healthy? We don't know. We know LeBron will stay healthy because he's on HGH. Well, go ahead. Yeah, I guess the question is, what was your opinion of the Lakers before the season? Remind me again, like, are you? Are they exceeding your expectations? I know you. Oh, were they are. Yeah, Clippers, I was on a Clippers the, yeah. fan. A Clippers <laughs> yeah, fan I'm for a Clip- about a week. And then no, I'm still. Stopped, a, I'm, so. I'm, that's my West Coast team. I'm a Sixers fan. Wait, but, Clippers wait, are my West Coast Lakers team. Would you have the Lakers finishing in the West? I don't think we had that conversation per se, but I think we did. No, because when we all spoke, that was about free agency. We AD had just got there. We didn't know. We didn't know enough. We never had an NBA discussion. This season, um, but yeah, they've exceeded my expectations. Um, I think they could be, you know, shooting their load a little too soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I the LeBron plays a lot of minutes, AD plays a good amount of minutes. I, I think they could be front runners to where they may want to pace themselves a little bit better than maybe what they have. But they look good. This should prove to LeBron he didn't need, you know, all these super team shits going on in the past. This is a good example of what the NBA should look like. We still don't really know who's who and what's what. Because everybody's talking about LeBron and they're talking about the Lakers. The Bucks have the same record, if not better now. And the best player in the league is Giannis. Now, that's where you go yes. back to is Luca top five, whatever, top ten. He might be playing top five. He might be MVP. But Giannis is the best player in the NBA. Probably should true. probably should win it again. Uh, I think that's I think that's debatable. That's not true at all. That's oh, you wanna who is the best player? Go ahead and say it. It ain't him. Did you see him who last is it year then? In the Eastern Conference the, who finals? is it? Four games straight, he got iced out. The and game, he right? got better over the summer. <laughs> That's what it's supposed to be about, not going to run to your friends because you don't want to put it to work and put the work in over the summer. We'll see. 
You, so you so no, you can't. You better. can't just say he's you, not. You can't say. No, you, you can't, can't say, say he's. Kawhi, though. Right now, Giannis is the best player in the NBA. But you guys are so you're saying Kawhi's the best player. You can't. Who's the best player? You can't just say he's not. Y'all are worse than Republicans. Just say you don't want to do something and don't got an answer. What's the plan? Who's he's the best player in the league? He's not better than Le- LeBron. So or you're Hart. saying LeBron is the best player in the league? LeBron and Harden are the best players in the league. James right Harden now. is not the best player in the league. He should not even be in the conversation. His brand Why? of basketball is bad for the game. It's bad for the kids. <laughs> We've never seen nothing like it, and, and and it works for him. But it is not championship winning type of basketball. And look at the guards D'Antoni's had in the past. If you're in a D'Antoni offense, the point guard, whoever's handling the ball, can do what he wants, and he's going to look great. Steve Nash. We can go to fucking Lynn Sanity. When Jeremy Lynn, Lynn, when Lynn, when Jeremy Lynn was in the D'Antoni offense. Everybody was raving about him. That's just how the D'Antoni offense works. No. Yes. Hard and special, man. He's playing. You see what he's doing is, out there Is right it a now? championship type of brand of basketball? We're going to see, but no. he's damn near averaging 40. He's not going to ever win a championship. <laughs> crazy. Like him and LeBron are the best players. He, he better pray that D'Antoni never leaves him. Because as soon as he's in another offense with another coach, it's not going to look the same. So the things that the shots that he's making ba- is based off in D'Antoni. The shot, shot selection and how you run an offense has to do a lot with D'Antoni. You're not gonna be able to get those shots in another coach's sets and offense. It, it's not gonna be possible. D'Antoni lives James and dies Harden? by the fucking point guard. Are you talking about James Harden? You think he? Do you see how he gets his shots? D'Antoni's not running no system for him to get those shots. He can get those shots by himself. Dan Tony loves the point guard. This is how he works. He wants to get off a shot quick, so it's most likely going to go up from the guy that's controlling the ball. James Harden is very talented. Don't get me wrong. But that is not ever going to win a championship. You can't rely on that when it gets time to really dig in. You're not going to be able to rely on that. Dante, who you got as the best player in the league? Mm, I probably mean, I I think... I have to go with Kawhi, but I think Giannis is definitely like the next, the next, the next tier. Um, I, I probably put LeBron over Giannis though, out of the players you did mention. I don't, I kind of agree with Tucson Harden. I don't Harden for all the scoring that he does. It's not a winning brand of basketball and it's been proven year in and year out, especially in the playoffs. Like, yeah, that shit is cool. But like, I don't, does he make his, teammates better like no. when you look at the look at the totality of what Harden is I, to say he's the best in the league over someone like Giannis that's hard for me to agree with fair enough I take <laughs> okay. I take him over Giannis I've seen I've seen Giannis get iced out four games in a row by Toronto just completely completely ineffective that was last I, I year he's worked well, on his game was, Maybe like it wasn't that long ago, six months ago. All you need is a summer to go in. And I think that's unless your name is Ben Simmons, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) All you need is a summer to go in. Unless your name is Ben Simmons. How many highlight videos we seen from Ben Simmons 
out there shooting jumpers all summer. He had two of them. He had two of them this year. All year. He had two of them. (laughs) Hey, you got to start somewhere. But I will be on the record to say that that the way that Sixers team is constructed today is not a championship winning team at all. The Sixers are living in last year's NBA where you have three max players and then you don't have any money left to fill out the team. Exactly. And the three max players that they have aren't that good. They're not fucking KD, Clay, and Durant. So they the Sixers the don't fucked up. They, they shouldn't have a three. And then throw Al Horford in the mix. You paid him a buck twenty. Elton Brand might really need to be evaluated because the way that team is constructed, and you don't have the best coach, then they're not winning the championship. I'll be rooting for them, but it's not happening. Pretty sure Elton Brand was just in the conversation for GM of the year, wasn't he? Whose conversation? Last year. With who? Not with me. Was, Not with, on this there. podcast. No. Maybe maybe just public consensus. I think he was up there. He was making some good moves last year. I'm a, I, I'll say this much, though. The one thing I will give him credit for is he definitely, like, that, you you seen um, that kid Thibault play? Uh, so far, the rookie. Yeah, he's solid. I like him. He's solid. But the thing, he's yeah, solid. and then you got Brett Brown taking him in and out of the rotation. It's just like, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Brett Brown. The way he's handling his rotation is not even, you don't have a lot to work with, but the way he handles it, it's like he decides to give the point guard, like, all right, tonight will be your minutes. And two days later, it's going to be your minutes between, um, that Nito and what's his name? The the, uh, the Nito girl. and uh, Trey Burke. Trey Burke, yeah. Like yeah. like just stick with one of these guys and just put one guy's in the rotation, the other guys out. Like the way he handles that rotation is sick. But yeah, the Sixers are not yeah. constructed to win a championship. I'm sorry. Hate to break it to all the Sixers fans, but it's just not happening. I, I don't know if it's realistic to expect. The six, the Sixers to win the championship right now, but I think getting to Eastern Conference Finals or to the finals is probably going to be the benchmark for this coach. If he can't get them to the finals, I think they got to look at probably going. They're going to have direction. they're going to have big problems with Miami in the playoffs. They're going to have problems, even though last year we matched up well with Milwaukee. Milwaukee's gotten better. Um. I don't think we've improved at the same rate. And Miami's a lot better than people thought. Which recently they said Jimmy Butler's the second best player in the East. Are y'all co signing that? That struck me kind of odd. Hell no. Hell no. No, I mean, I think Embiid hasn't been playing that well. But, I mean, obviously I would still take Embiid um, after Giannis for sure. I'd I like to take Kyrie system. over. I mean, when he's healthy, I, I would maybe take Kyrie over him too. But I think the Sixers are going to miss Jimmy, though. They're going to miss him. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think um, the Sixers are going to live and die with Tobias. I think recently they've been playing I, um, and I think that's because Tobias has been playing well. If he gives you 25 to 30, they usually win. And then B... 
has been playing better recently. But I don't know. I mean, the whole Ben Simmons at point guard thing, like, it's just not going to work. And his coach, I don't think, is going to no. work. So I think mm. those are the two biggest issues to me as a Sixer fan. It's, it's, it's Simmons and the coach. I just I don't see that working. Yeah, I, I don't either. I think those are the two things that we've always had concerns with, and they've continued to just work around it, which kind of digs the hole even deeper. But, all right, with midpoint in the season, Christmas time is here. We got, this, we got the Lakers and the Clippers on Christmas Day. That should be fun to watch. But based on what you've seen thus far, who would you pick for the NBA Finals? Who you got? You got this one, Jason. I'm going to go with the Lakers. And in the East, uh, I'm going with the Lakers. And uh, in the East, the East is tough. Um, and I definitely need some more time to see. Um, Did you think I was going to say something because you said the Lakers? Is that why you thought we weren't here? No. <laughs> no, I heard. It, it sounded like it blacked out on me. <laughs> It, it just it went it went it went quiet on me real quick. Based Somebody on what there. you've seen, who's coming out the East? Based on what I've seen, I would have to take Milwaukee right now. Okay. Is that a finals anybody wants to see? Lakers and Milwaukee and anybody. No matter if Giannis is the best player or not. It just seems like a weird finals, but now I would want to see Lakers and Sixers. Um, I, but I, I, my dark horse, my dark horse is the Celtics. I really think mm. Celtics got a chance. They got a real chance to get there. Um, they got the best coach. But based off what I've seen so far, I would just go with um, Milwaukee. I think I got to see a little bit more from Boston. Yeah, I, you know that that the Sixers played the Celtics the other night. Uh, maybe did you did y'all catch that game? It was. Uh, yeah, Last just, week might have been Embiid's, yeah, Embiid, Embiid's yeah. best game of the season, and I, I was it was the one time I saw where like the length of the players definitely gave the Celtics a hard time. Um, Kemba, Kemba Kemba definitely struggled to get his shot off against the Sixers at certain points, but they do got the best coach. Um, I'm gonna go with Clippers from the West. Um, you know, as much as I would love to see. LeBron figure that out. I just think Kawhi, Doc Rivers, six, seven games, especially with that bench. I think that's the strength, really, between the two is the bench of the Clippers is the real deal mm-hmm. with Lou Will and, and, and Montrezl Harrell. I think they probably figure out figure it out in prime time during the playoffs against the Lakers. So I go to Clippers, and then on the East, uh, I'm I'm actually going to go with the Sixers. Um, on the East, I don't, I don't fear Miami. I'm a little concerned with Boston, and I think Milwaukee. I think the Sixers would have beat Milwaukee last year. We'll see last this year, year when yeah. they finally played. Last year was um, the Sixers' window so, to win it. It might have closed already. You might, and you might be right about that, um, actually. Um, but I, I'll go, I'll go Sixers, Clippers. <clears throat> I think the Sixers definitely can get there. I think you're going to see one of these East teams make a move. And the Sixers would have to do something to spread the floor. 
and and you know we think the Knicks are infatuated with power forwards. Elton Brand is right behind him, and we haven't seen him being able to evaluate and bring in guards at all. Jamal Crawford is still out there. Bring him in. I'll even take J.R. Smith at this damn point. At least he can be somewhat of a threat from the perimeter. So I think if you'll see somebody make a move, that's going to kind of tilt it. But based on what we've seen, got to go Milwaukee Clippers. Milwaukee Clippers. And I'm pretty sure that's the finals the NBA does not want either. (laughs) But they want LeBron for sure. But I think from what I've seen, I think that um, the Clippers have paced themselves a little bit better than the Lakers. That's why their, their record is a little bit better uh, the Lakers because they're just going full throttle. I think it's going to be Clippers, and I'm going to go with I'm going with Milwaukee. So that's 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 what I got. We're going to have a holly jolly Christmas. We're going to enjoy the family and the eggnog, and you know give. Give love on Christmas Day. <laughs> We're going to try to give one more episode for the new year. Maybe have some um, awards or something like that. We'll figure something out. But we're coming at you hard in 2020. Boys in the huddle. We're going to be on schedule. So either they don't know, don't show, or don't care about what's going on in the huddle. We'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace.